she is as a support group. Yeah. If she starts to wander out, can someone help her make the way to the <laughs> Thank you. Is that right, Tony? Anyone hear that? Yeah. Yes? Okay, great. This is awesome. I mean, this, this is really happening. God is right here with us this morning. And I don't know, I've heard about chaos and disorder and things not being permanent. And I think God probably loves that. That all of that, it just doesn't matter. You know, just put it aside. Just be here with him. Just relax in his presence. Learn about him. This month is May Mission Month. May Mission Month. So, you know, if you look at um, Baptists in, uh, Baptist Mission in Australia, you can see that they talk about a radical commitment to God's redemptive purposes for his creation. A radical commitment. No adults are allowed. <laughs> My back is so grateful. <laughs> I think, you know, the fact that we keep coming together, even when things aren't like, perfect, when things are just so, when we might be, um, you know, a little bit of paddling under the water to make everything look great on top, none of that really matters. What matters is that we show up. It's really important for us to show up. And there are a couple of Bible passages that, um, that help us to see how we can show up in mission. How we can commit ourselves to this, this uh, redemptive purpose of God and play our part in that. So I have a couple of verses which I'm just going to get now. Silver, gold, uh, 
fussy, right? Just silver and gold. Maybe bronze, copper, I don't know. He would have been happy for anything, I'm sure. And they said, uh, no, we don't have that stuff. We don't have silver and we don't have gold. But you will not believe what we do have. And they reached out their hand and helped him to stand. And instantly, the strength returned to his feet. Has anybody here ever had an injury that put them out of action for a while? Yeah, yeah, right. And then you're not quite so out of action, it's time to get back to your regular duties. Who here, who had their hand up before, has found that they were able to just get on with it immediately the way they were before? Nobody. Well, that's not unusual. It takes time. It takes time. Physiotherapists will tell you, be patient, work, work through it, but be patient with yourself. It takes time to regain strength, to regain movement, to regain flexibility. Now this fellow had been laid since birth, and yet his feet were instantly healed. They were strong and he went, not hobbling, leaping and jumping and dancing into the temple. And that caused a bit of a stir, we read. There was a lot happening there that day. And when people saw this man, who they'd seen all the time, every day, for a very long time, they were amazed. They stopped all the other stuff that was going on. They're like, what is going on here? This is the, the guy. They're all checking out. That's the guy. You know, the guy that can't walk. It, wow. That's incredible. And what did Peter and John do? They showed up. They didn't have power. The Holy Spirit brought that power. And the Holy Spirit was in them. So for all of this to happen, all they had to do was show up and be prepared for what? Be prepared to listen for what God wanted them to do. Why were they there that day? And not just because they were going to the temple. That's what they did every other day, right? But also, also to do this one thing. And what if they were too busy chatting? What if they were busy sort of criticising that, I don't know, the footpath wasn't quite tidy enough, the man wasn't quite tidy enough, there were too many people, it was too hot, too sandy, too dusty and dirty and, I don't know, hot or cold, windy? <laughs> were they hungry? I don't know. doesn't mention any of that. In that moment, they were prepared to follow God's leading in that moment, right then. Look at us. We don't have silver and gold, but man, you're just not going to believe this. Now that is incredible. When we think about mission, we think about a whole lot of amazing things. Um, and I wouldn't like to discredit any of them. People preparing to go overseas and minister in a foreign place. Wow, 
That's incredible. They prepared to show up and they prepared to listen, to act. And then there are people who do mission through a craft group, a gardening club, dancing, although, I don't know, Baptists, dancing. <laughs> I mean, that leads to all sorts of things, like hand-holding. <laughs> but gardening clubs, sure. Craft groups, reading groups, Bible study groups, swimming clubs, walking clubs, going overseas on mission, noticing a lame person by the side of the road who's always been there every other day, but on this particular day, I know there's just something that grabs your heart, grabs your mind, and you're like, yeah, let's do this. Let's show up and let's be prepared to do what God wants us to do. There's another really cool story in the New Testament. Not just the one, there are many. But this particular one I want to talk to you about is about a bloke called Philip. And Philip, um, might have this one as well. We do. Anyone facing the screen like to read that for me? Now you've done your you've done your service. Come on, shut up, be prepared. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Yes. Now we know what happened after that. The Ethiopian official goes along, he's in his carriage, he's reading scripture, he's not really sure what it's about. And meanwhile, not too far away, is a lake. It's just like randomly sitting there. And not too far from that is Philip. And he's sitting there randomly, not doing very much, until he hears an instruction. Philip, go. And the word go, this is not an English lesson, I promise. It's actually Greek. It's prosecomai, okay? Go, like head over there. And that could be anything, right? It's just a, a pretty normal kind of going, like walking from here to there. That's just Charlotte walked out there, that's going. Skipping, running, jumping, skateboarding, maybe not in those days. Anyway, it's just a pretty ordinary meaning of the word, go, get yourself over there. Have a chat to this bloke in the chariot. And uh, so Philip goes. But does he proserkamai himself over there? No, he doesn't. What does it say in the Bible that he did? He ran, prostrated. We, we didn't just like Hollywoodize this scripture and say run instead of walk because it sounds cool. We wrote run instead of walk because that's what was there, a totally different word. Was he told to run over there? Philip, prostrate her yourself over there. Like, no, no, it was just, just go. Can you please go? This is where the radical commitment comes in. 
Philip was not just wandering by. He'd seen the Ethiopian. He'd never seen the Ethiopian fellow before. But he knew that he was there. And he runs up, jogs alongside the carriage, and uh, he says, oh boy, what's your reason? He goes, oh, he start by, I don't understand it. Oh, well, uh, yeah, well, how about I explain that to you? And he starts, like, right at that very scripture where the guy was. He didn't have a prepared speech. He didn't have, like, um, you know, one of those five-colour bands on his arm. It's like, yeah, I told them this bit, and I told them that it was green, green one. It's like, you know, he didn't have that. Oh, you've got the thing. <laughs> Well done. There was no Kurong back then. You couldn't buy those. So he just started right where the official was. So he jumps up into the carriage and he has a talk to him. He explains the verse and the Ethiopian says, Oh, I get it. Um, can you think of any reason I couldn't be baptised? And Philip goes, mm, Not really. hanging around there, not too far away? Totally no coincidence. Philip, the Ethiopian, and the lake were all there that day because they needed to be in the same spot as each other that day. I suspect the lake may have been there for a while, but Philip and the Ethiopian got to the right place too. And he is baptised. He's super happy and he goes off. And I, I don't know where he went, don't really hear anything about him again. Nobody knows where Philip went because he was just gone. He was just he vanished. You know? He didn't prosecomai or frustrakai or whatever. He just gone. He did his thing. He showed up. He did what he needed to do. That's pretty much what God wants us to do. We looked at um, one of the passages about the early church in Acts when Rome led us through communion this morning. Why do we copy the stuff that we see in the Bible happening in the early church? It's because it's a pattern for us to follow. These are the people that first heard about what we need to do to be this amazing community of God. And so we keep following those patterns. When you look at Baptists in Mission, they are ones who have spent a great deal of time looking at stories like Peter and John walking up to the temple and Philip running to the Ethiopian official. They talk about this radical commitment, as I said before, a radical commitment not just once in a while I'll think about it, but what they see in scripture is a commitment that runs really deeply. It's with us every single day, everywhere we go. Think about workplace mission, for example. No surprise, very close to my heart. You know, think about the people who are in workplace, um, workplace mission. What they're doing is just going about their day in their workplace, but constantly 
aware of God's presence, constantly aware. Although they may not have silver or gold or whatever it is that's required in that particular relationship, you know, do we suddenly have a working software product ready to go? No, we still have exactly the same project problems we had yesterday. But here's you, project manager, crying because something's happened. And suddenly you're not Sophie the project manager, you're Sophie the person. What do I do as a Christian? I show up and I'm prepared. I have that radical commitment to be part of God's redemptive purposes for his creation. He loves us. We know that. We're the lucky ones. There are people who don't know that yet. That's why we have to keep telling the story. Keep on showing up. You know, and then suddenly, Sophie the person becomes part of my story. And when Sophie the person has another problem, guess what happens to people in workplace mission? You suddenly get calls like midnight, weekends, all kinds of stuff. Like, I just found out my mum has cancer and I don't know what to do. I don't know you do that praying thing and I wonder if it might help. They don't even want silver or gold. <laughs> they know that there is something far better than that. And they know that we have it. We've got a connection to that source of love and healing that they desperately want to understand in those moments. And you pick up the phone. You're like, yeah, no. Always up at two on a Monday morning before I commute at four. It's not a problem. <laughs> Talk to me. Person to person, what do you need? You know? just been evicted from my place. The landlord wants to put somebody else in there. That's okay. I'm glad you rang. Tell me about it. What can I do to help? Let's talk it through. Would you like me to pray about that? Right? It's about, like I said, showing up. Being prepared to do what needs to be done. To say what needs to be said. And to pray what needs to be prayed. This year's theme for um, May Mission Month was Cross the Street. And it embodies some of that stuff. It embodies the fact that, um, you know, it might not be overseas mission, it might not be prison mission, it might not be whatever it is you have in mind that is proper mission. I don't know. Some people still hold on to these, these images, but actually mission can mean many, many things as long as it is with God and for God. It's for his purposes. That's why a gardening club or even dancing can be part of mission. As long as it's with God and as long as it's for God. Okay? Absolutely critical. Cross the street. It just has that element of a little bit of effort. Just go. Right? Some people go. Some people go like Philip went. Fast. They run. But in every case, 
You start where the person is at. If you've got a coloured band, awesome. If you don't, just start where the person is at. Talk to them, get to know them, heart to heart. So now I think we have an answer to the eternal question. It's probably been on your mind for a very, very long time because there are lots of conflicting answers to the question, why did the chicken cross the street? And now we know. She was on a mission. <laughs> so let's get to it, people. Show up. Be prepared. Always. Always be listening for that clue. We don't have to force this to happen. It does require some effort, but we don't have to force doors to open. We don't have to force conversations to happen. We do not even have to convert people. The Holy Spirit does all that other stuff. Phew. It's so much easier for us. We've got the easy job to show up. I'm pretty sure we can manage that most of the time. Heavenly Father, thank you that you often show us where you need us to show up. You show us how we need to show up. You give us the words that we need. The words that you need people to hear. Somehow in the times leading up to those interactions, we're doing our quiet Bible study, you know, our quiet time, our prayer time. And we're in passages that are good, really good. And then suddenly they have an immediate purpose when we're in those moments of mission. And we're like, wow, you were there the whole time. God, in my study, God, you are so complex. And yet, it is the simplest of things, us, willing followers. We just love you so, so much. And we're grateful to be able to partner with you. Help us to be strong faithful and loving in fulfilling your mission.